welcome to the Agile Strategy Lab podcast, where we explore what it means to view your organization, your company, or your community through the lens of agility to create a strategy that works in a rapidly changing world. I'm Liz Nilsson, the Associate Director of the Lab at the University of North Alabama. Today's episode is number 32. Unless you're listening to this episode as soon as you've gotten up in the morning, you've undoubtedly already encountered several examples of large, complex systems. Your cup of coffee is part of a global food system. If you bought it via the drive-thru at a coffee shop, it might be just one outlet in a large corporate structure that is itself quite complex. Your commute, if you have one again post-pandemic, places you squarely in the middle of a transportation system. And especially if you're in an urban area, it's a multimodal complex system with local, state, and national players, both public and private, that are essential to its functioning. And that's all before you even get to your desk. In this episode, we talk about what agility might look like in the context of a large institution trying to accomplish a specific mission-oriented goal and how a set of interlocking complex systems make that agility difficult. The sector is higher education, but the underlying ideas are applicable to many sectors. Our guest is Jim Waddell, who works with higher education institutions as they pursue what's called in that world engagement, the way in which the university reaches out beyond its own walls to the community or region around them. Jim's been doing this work for more than a decade And in addition to his work with higher education institutions, he's taking a systems approach himself with the development of Venn University, a set of professional development offerings for higher education institutions and their partners. We started our conversation with an exploration of what engagement is supposed to look like. I have been working uh, with mainly public research universities for the last, you know, 10 or 12 years, that work has all had to do with uh, how those universities engage with external stakeholders around either economic development or or community development. And uh, those are areas where uh, sort of being responsive, if not agile, is really key. Um, you You can't be engaged with external stakeholders without at least trying to Uh, bring the assets of the institution to uh, the needs that those external stakeholders have addressed. And vice versa, by the way, it's also really important that there be something in it for uh, higher ed institutions when they're working with external stakeholders. So there has to be kind of that mutual responsiveness. Responsiveness, at least, if not agility, is at the center of that discussion. So when we talk about benefit, and the idea, by the way, of everybody benefiting is sort of ensconced in the kind of uh, the canon of uh, university engagement, mutual benefit and reciprocity means that the institution and the partner or the community, uh, not only are they both getting something out of the the relationship, but they're also giving uh, to the relationship. But I want to talk about the reciprocity first, because it's almost you don't get the benefit without the, the, the reciprocity. 
Uh, one example of a way in which reciprocity is really important in, in engagement is around research partnerships. Uh, if there is a researcher at a university who's going to go work in a community and collect data about something going on in that community, let's just say there's a public health issue that the faculty member is interested in. Uh, if they're just going into that community and saying, here's my research design, I'm gonna ask, use you all as subjects now and collect the data and I'm gonna do my research, that is not an engaged uh, approach to research because there's no reciprocity in the actual design of the research. And the only concern about benefits is what the researcher will benefit from in terms of advancing knowledge and being able to uh, publish their results. So um, that, there's one example of a benefit, right? From a research perspective, getting data that helps a researcher advance knowledge, that helps the university claim its um, uh, place as a, a leader in, in advancing knowledge in that particular discipline, that's a benefit. But the community's gotta get something out of that too, right? And so, so A, they have to be involved in designing the research so that their benefit can be considered as part of the design. And what are their benefits? Well, let's, let's say their benefits are better health in this public health uh, uh, example. There has to be both that reciprocity kind of at the beginning of sort of exchanging of ideas and resources and everybody having something to contribute. It's not about the, the university or other higher ed institution coming and saying, we have these gifts and we are going to uh, bestow them upon you. It, it's about both the community or the partner and the institution of higher education saying we each have something to contribute to each other. Um, other kinds of benefits, I mean, certainly uh, there are the kind of top line ones that everybody worries about, you know, jobs and high quality jobs and equity in distribution of those jobs and opportunities. On the side of the institution of higher education, there are certainly benefits of uh, students getting good jobs, right? Because you know those students are going to treat the institution well if the institution helped to prepare them well for a career. Um, the institution is also likely gonna have better relationships with local industry. So another benefit that an institution could benefit from around or, or get from um, effective education and preparation of students is they'll get industry partners who are interested in supporting research or career programs or, or what have you. So they have better relationships. That's another kind of benefit. Um, other benefits might be in the just kind of having a good place to live sort of thing. How do, what does a benefit like that look like? Well, universities in particular, and a lot of uh, types of institutions of higher education have all kinds of cultural assets. Well, all of that creates a community that people want to live in. And that benefits obviously the community because of economic development, because if people want to live there, they're going to spend money there. But of course it benefits the institution then because when they try to recruit top-notch faculty uh, or, or students, they're going to have the ability to say, this is a great place to be. Yeah, the last one I would, I, I guess I would use is sort of in the space of kind of innovation and entrepreneurship and all of the things that happen around that. Uh, if universities partner with communities around innovation and entrepreneurship or with specific corporations or entrepreneurs, 
then certainly the community benefits again, because uh, if they are doing those things well and the institution of higher education is able to support them in doing it well, oftentimes the benefit to the community uh, and to those partners, so there's individual benefits, right? Partners, individual companies or individual entrepreneurs certainly benefit, you know, wealth creation is one uh, kind of benefit, but communities benefit from that as well, because in particular, if these things are paid attention to, then, it, uh, you know, again, that wealth creation helps economic development, it helps create a place where people want to come and stay and so forth. A lot of times on the innovation entrepreneurship side, the university benefits because they can claim that the work that the university is doing is turning into real things that people need to use and buy in society. And that generates and stimulates economic uh, development. Jim, what I'm hearing from you is the idea that engagement takes place in the context of a number of systems, some inside the university, some outside the university, and some that maybe bridge the two. And research, in particular, has the reputation of not being so engaged. That mental picture of the solo professor who looks like Albert Einstein alone in his lab. It seems like it would be hard to, well, engage researchers in engagement. Let's remember that research isn't the only mission of even those institutions that do a lot of research. Um, uh, but on the, on, the re on the research side, it is difficult. Um, I think a lot of things are difficult uh, around research because research takes time. Uh, so that's one challenge that it presents to uh, being engaged and also, by the way, a challenge that it presents to being agile or responsive. Uh, takes a lot of time. Uh, research also is very focused. It's usually about something very specific. As the research university kind of became a thing, at least in the United States, it was never about applied kinds of uh, thinking. It was really about um, generating fundamental knowledge that could then downstream, you know, turn into those other things. Um, most research is focused on serving the discipline more than it is on even serving the institution, never mind the community, right? So most faculty, I've heard the phrase before that faculty don't work for the university, they work for their discipline. You know, it's, it's their society or the, the journals uh, that they want to be published in uh, that they're really working for, because if they don't get the accolades and, and recognition and um, visibility from those places, then they are not going to be able to advance their career. So yeah, I think research creates all kinds of complexity and problems in being a systems thinker, uh, and taking into account the needs of the community and or other kinds of partners. Um, of course, it helps when your research is about the kinds of things that are happening either in your community or uh, among your partners, your, let's say corporate partners, makes it a little easier because then you can get support for your research because people in the community are interested in it, people in the corporate community are interested in it. So a lot of the work that I've done with institutions is, is really focused on regional development and thinking about what, what kinds of things, let's be responsive locally, you know, let's kind of make sure that we're, we're doing things that uh, help, uh, help improve our, what our backyard looks like, essentially. I think when you sort of limit the scope, 
and think a little bit more about, you know, the institution's community and the backyard and where the benefits are there and where the needs are there, then it does become a little bit easier to have a kind of systems thinking and to bring that in. But you still have to, you have to get to that point. And, and with big public research universities or big research universities, period, it, you're, it's going to be difficult. You're never going to get the whole institution to say we're all focused on this community, right? Because the institution, you know, doesn't benefit from from in a broad sense. They don't benefit from doing things that are only in their community. So, so yeah, it is harder, I think, to get the systems thinking kind of thing. So institutions of higher education are incredibly complex. Like they're like big companies, even if they're a small institution, they're like big companies because they have a lot of different parts. They have a lot of different departments. They have people who are doing very specific things. They are loosely coupled. So the things that are happening in all of those different parts don't necessarily have to depend on one another. They can really kind of do those things independently, which is very much unlike a lot of big companies. In fact, even a big, a big company and it's complex, it's not as loosely coupled often as uh, institutions of higher education are. So that, that the very nature of those institutions, which by the way, is also what makes them good, right? Like it, it, the value that we get out of institutions of higher education, we get because they're complex, because they're loosely coupled, that brings a lot of benefits. And, and, and you know, so, um, these are not necessarily bad things. However, those, you know, the loosely coupled nature of institutions and the, their complexity makes it difficult to be a systems thinker when you're kind of sitting in that place. Um, now, if, if you are interested in how the institution engages, not just how do I as, you know, a faculty member or how do I as somebody who works with students and wants the students to be engaged, if I want to think about it in terms of how is the institution engaged in the community and with partners, then I have to be a systems thinker. I have to, there's no way around it. I have to think more broadly about how all of these things it interact or should or could interact if I'm not, if, you know, again, because institutions are loosely coupled, a lot of times it's easy to say, well, we don't need them because we have our own thing over here, but actually you might need them. You might need to partner with this other unit at the institution in order to, to address the needs that are you know, being presented to you by the community or, or your corporate partner or whomever. Um, so yeah, I think systems thinking is important and certainly it's definitely related to the question about how are these institutions agile or responsive? Because the, the more they're able to have a systems perspective, I think the more they're able to, to be responsive. But the other thing is, is I think what happens with systems thinking, I think you get it a lot. And when you, if we were to kind of look at things that we would say, oh, that's an institution of higher education being responsive, or that's an institution of higher education being agile, what we'd be responding to is the fact that some part of the institution has taken a systems perspective with outside stakeholders. So they see that themselves and their work within a broader set of things outside the institution. But what they don't see is how their work relates to things that are going on in the institution, which is all well and good until the whole institution's assets are what are needed in order for that partnership or engagement to be successful. So, you know, if the president 
isn't aware of or, you know, engaged in or saying it's important, the thing that you're doing, you might have great success because you have this very systems perspective on how your work relates to what's going on in the community and across multiple organizations in the community, across the whole ecosystem. But if you haven't thought about the institution itself as an ecosystem, and how do I think about the connectivity and interdependencies within the institution, then you may not be as successful. You, you, you might be responsive in the short term, you might be agile, might be able to be agile in the short term, but over the long term, it's gonna be harder because you over the longer term, what you're gonna find is you need to bring in more and more different assets from across the institution uh, to be responsive. And all of those things that we talked about make it harder and harder to be open, to be comfortable with ambiguity, which is of course something that is also required for agility is you have to be okay with everything not being, with not everything being certain. You can have some things that are certain, but not everything is going to be certain. So when you have complexity and you have uh, a diversity of assets, which is a great thing, you have uh, a diversity of needs that you can be serving. You have all, you know, you can have all of those things in place, but the more you have really, the harder it is to be agile because it's more and more disconcerting. The more complexity, the more uncertainty, the harder it is it, because it pushes people. It pushes these buttons that go, oh my God, it's, if I don't just lay out the plan, I'm never going to get there. I'm never going to bring all of these things together. So this is, again, you know, bringing it back to strategic doing, I think why people have responded so uh, enthusiastically to strategic doing and in communities where people are using strategic doing, it's because it helped them realize that they could have this sort of open-endedness, this, they could have this sort of, we can operate in this more ambiguous kind of environment in this complex environment and we can do it in such a way that feels like we're making progress every day, that makes it feel like we, we have a plan. It's a short-term plan. It's not a plan for how we get from A to Z. It might be a plan from how we get from A to B or A.1 to A.2, uh, but it feels like we have some steps. So I, I think, you know, it's kind of like yin-yang, right? You, you have to have some... Agility sounds like, well, I've just got to be responsive. I got to be able to move quickly. I've got to, but you've got to have actually some structure. I mean, I think that's, you know, again, part of what strategic doing has taught us is that you got to have some rules, you got to have some structure, you got to have some ways to do it. Otherwise, it just feels like we're, you know, floating in space. So bringing that, bringing that is really important. Um, and, and it's the balancing of that structure with the kind of open-endedness and the ambiguity. And I think institutions of higher education, again, deal with this all the time. They, they want to be open. They want to be responsive. But there's a lot of stuff, because those institutions are so complex, there's a lot of stuff that institutions of higher education say, nope, this is the way this has to be, and this is the way this has to be. And the reason they want to have that certainty is because it's complex and it's a lot easier to just kind of have a way to do things and stick to it than it is to kind of be open to, oh, there might be different ways we can do this and we might still achieve the same goal in the end. In fact, we may be even able to achieve greater goals if we're open. Thanks for listening. If you're interested in learning more about the work Jim does, go to his website, jimwoodell.com. 
If you'd like to learn more about how we at the lab work with organizations to bring about transformation, check out our website at agilestrategylab.org. You can also email us through the website. Just look for the Contact Us button. See you next time.